Welcome to another brand new episode of the Tech That Doesn't Bycast. You, yeah, hi, man. And hey. I haven't even introduced him. Jeff I know. Right? <laughs> How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good, man. So yeah, rude. this guy. Whatever about this guy. Yeah, interrupting my <laughs> no my intro. Oh, no. no, I wouldn't do that. That's not right. I wouldn't be cool or professional. Did. But I'm you sorry. did. I'm That's sorry. You did. It's okay. All right, let's so. just start over then. No, we're not going to yeah. start over. This is live. <laughs> nope. Right. Can't do that. Can't, Can't do, that. do that. Right on. Well, if you guys see this title, it says episode six live stream. That is mm -hmm. correct. This is Yay. technically the sixth episode of a little bycast podcast that we've been doing for mm -hmm. the past few weeks. Right on. And you could definitely check out that podcast on your favorite podcasting app, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcast so many to list they're yeah. even on our website too so if you go to tech that does a bite.com and uh hit hit over to the uh the bite cast section you'll see all the services that we are a part of yep absolutely mm -hmm. so we are going to talk about the latest tech latest news, tech news everything that happened this week up to april 8th of 2021 i can't believe it's already april i was <sighs> Like, <laughs> I, I I'm impressed we got through 2020, but that's a whole other discussion that we're not even going to talk about. Whole, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. So, oh my god, yeah. Let's go on to our first story, and our first story is uh, kind of a kind of sad thing, to be honest. Oh no. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it looks like after a decade <laughs> of failure, LG officially quits the smartphone market yeah that sucks man yeah oh wow i was like man this is probably like one of the major players to leave in a long time yeah yeah i had a i had an lg envy like years and years ago and that that was uh that was something else that was yeah, really something uh, else lg mobile division calls it quit after 23 consecutive money losing quarters ouch 20 dang. dang yeah Dang. And this article was posted on April 5th during the weekend or early, very early Monday. Right on. Right on. Yeah. And but still, that's that's really too bad. That's really too bad. Yeah. After 12 years, 12 years of being an Android OEM, LG has had enough. Korean company <laughs> announced that late last night that officially quitting the smartphone market plans to close up shop on the entire business by July 31st of 2021. <laughs> Screw this, man. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Yeah, the That's news doesn't come as much of a surprise since LG has been preparing the public for this decision for some time. LG's mobile division had three 23 consecutive money losing quarters and its last profitable year was in 2014. In January 2022, LG Electronics then brand new CEO Quan Bong Sui say, Quan, say it five times fast. You can do it five times fast. You can do it. Promised that the troublesome <laughs> division will be profitable by 2021. That message was apparent, apparently profitable or bust because by January 2021, LG was warning the public that it would have to come, they would have to make a code judgment about the future of the mobile division. 
Local media reports claims that LG explored selling division but couldn't find a buyer. Yeah. yeah. And then talks about a lot of, you know, gimmicks that they had. And, you know, they have some pretty good devices, was good concept, but it just never really hit the ground. To be yeah. Honest. Well, I, you know, maybe it's just me and, and just where I watch TV and whatnot or listen to the radio, but I don't see, I don't recall. You know, like in the last bunch of years, I've actually seen like LG ads for their phones that's, or anything along those lines. And I think I would say that's a bigger part of the problem because I remember like the LG ads from way back when they like pushed the Envy, for example, when you know when they first started, uh, you know, when you could flip it on the side, flip it open, and then you know, use the keyboard, which I thought was really slick. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great, you know, and go that route. But I, I think to be honest, that's probably one of their flaws mm. is that their their marketing isn't that great. Uh, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. they keep losing money like that. I mean, I mean, twenty three quarters in a row, man. That's uh, dang. I mean, that, that, that's a, that, I, I am, I'm surprised that they they would have lasted that long. I mean, I, I can only imagine really what would have allowed them to continue losing that kind of money quarter after quarter after quarter. You know, I mean, you would think that for all the advances that you know that Apple or or any uh, Samsung or whomever else is is making phones. You know that they would have figured it something out. Go, okay, we need something innovative. We'll come up with something innovative, and then gone in and done something innovative. We would hope, or something cool or neat, or maybe an improvement on something that already existed that people were like, "Yeah, this is something I really want." But yeah, I mean, I guess whatever market research they were doing just <laughs> fell flat. It's the only thing I could think of that would have caused it to fail so miserably. But to let the, let losses like that go on for ten years—that's amazing, though. Ah, you know, I think they were hoping for something. They were hoping for that next big thing for them and never came fruition. Well, they never tried. I mean, it just seems like they never tried. Or they, no, they, I think they, no, if you look at I mean, at, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I think they, no, they have tried. If you look at their devices, they're pretty impressive. It's just that you just couldn't get that reach to have people buy it. Well, they didn't advertise it. If they didn't advertise it, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't see any. Not that well. Or, but, right, right. Yeah, and, you know, you could also blame their naming schemes are like kind of weird. Oh. Yeah, they go like V10, V60. All oh, right. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying a car. <laughs> yeah, we're not buying a car. And I was like, so what kind of phone is this? Just, you know, I don't know. I think it's just, there's just so many Android phones out there that, you know, they're in that same market, but, you know, their marketing obviously just not yeah. that great. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. I you know, in the Android that. market, Samsung, you know, they market it much better. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. And so. even I even look at carriers; they don't even push the, their phone that those kind of phones that often. Mm. Mm. Like every time you go your carrier, and then you see like big sale. It's either iPhone, get an iPhone twelve for free, or get a Samsung phone for free. And then once in a while, you see like. Eh, get an LG phone as <laughs> like somewhere like right in the bottom. Or like yeah. It's like, you know, no, that's it's exactly like, it's like it. a fine print kind of a deal. You know, you can be yeah, see no. it, you get it. I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, a lot of people I would imagine see advertising is like, you know, it's us. Oh, it's a big waste of money. I mean, it doesn't really work and all this other jazz. The problem is if people don't know about your stuff, it's because you don't advertise, you know, that that's part of, that's part of it right there. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's a big expense, but the, but the thing is, if you don't tell people then they don't know, that mm -hmm. that's the long and short of it. They they just don't know. Yeah, and that's the sad part for for LG. But you know what? Good for them. You know they're losing money. Get out. You know it's like yeah, no point. No point of keep losing money. 
Yeah, but 10 years is a long time to lose money. That's all I'll say. That. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, they got to cut out five years ago and probably, you know, remain profitable, whatever else they're doing. And, you know, would have been okay with that. Or maybe they could have reboot, you know, revamped it, come up with a better strategy, find a new guy to, to run that division and go from there. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they kept swapping out, uh, uh, you know, head VPs in that, in that division and whatnot. I don't, even, they meant, I don't even know. Right. See, and that, that's just it. <laughs> little, if they had like the same guy. much about them anyways, right? Right, right. See, they had like the same guy, right? Oh, we're going to stay the course. It'll work someday. It, it just isn't going to do it. And that, that's part yeah. of the problem. They would have needed some fresh thinking, fresh blood. And, you know, that might have, that could solve the problem, but too late now for that. Oh, well, maybe they'll try again in a couple of years. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, what this is probably in a long time a second brand has left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first. Well, I wouldn't say BlackBerry. They're trying to make a comeback. So good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that, BlackBerry. I know yeah. if you can. There's a big vacuum. Okay, maybe a little vacuum, but you know, give it a whirl. Try what you can. I think the only yeah. the only one major player I know that left the market was Microsoft with their Windows mm-hmm. Phone. Right, right. I got a vague remember that. It's yeah, dang, it a long and time ago. I don't know. I mean. Who's next? Who do you think will be next? Um, the dropout. Oh, geez. Blackberry seems like an obvious choice, but I mean, unless they're doing well enough, I mean, I'd, I don't even have any numbers to even make a guess on something like that. That'd be a big one. I'd want to know, like, what kind of sales are they making? What kind of numbers are they coming up with? You know, how, you know, how are they doing? But I mean, Blackberry, like I said, you mentioned it seems kind of obvious, but I'm trying to think like who else has phones out there. I'm like, well, Nokia is still pretty strong, probably. So they're they're probably not dropping anytime soon. Um, When's the last time you you've seen someone with a Nokia phone? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. See, yeah, you see, you see how little data my thinking is here because I I just don't know who's no, out I there. Mean, I mean, it's, you're not. It's just it's not. It's not that your data is just that there really no one has a Nokia phone here. Yeah, yeah, but they might be real big over you know over on yeah. the other side of the pond. So who knows? Right? I think know. that just a guess that I think the next. Next person to the next company to really drop off from the smartphone business. Mm. I hate to say it, they have some really decent phones. Just I don't think a lot of people are buying them. It's Motorola. Oh, they have well, they, really- they, they've gone through a couple of revampments, so that's uh, yeah. you know, they so they, they may stick it out, but you have a very interesting point. What, what, what do you think will be their point of failure for them? It's just that they're just not getting the sales, or it's uh. Yeah, I don't think they really push it here in the states that often. That's true. I don't see a lot of ads for them as well. And they have some really good LG. phones at decent price. Mm-hmm. Very decent price. I mean, I I, I bought one before, and very good phone. Yeah, for that yeah. price point, but they just need to push it more. Like, yeah, you know, they. I don't. I've never. I've never seen a Motorola. You know, their Motorola G's line or their 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 smartphone lines. Right. I've never seen advertisement whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah. Never seen anything. It's been a while. So I mean, Motorola was real big when when Apple was was kind of getting in that market as well as I recall. The two, you know, if they weren't working together, they were competing. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's a little funky to really say, but Motorola is an interesting interesting selection on your part. That's uh. So I'm just you know, like I I I might still vote on BlackBerry, but again, I, I if, unless they have some kind of niche market that they, that they're reaching and can remain profitable. Or at least be able to keep money coming in. And I'll say, and I'll say by comparison, like with Earthlink and whatnot, you don't usually think of Earthlink as an internet service provider that you stick with and keep using. No, nope. I still have them. I admit that, but you don't hear about them at all. And yes, they're still they're still generating money, mostly I think on dial-up service in the more remote areas and uh, 
and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think I think BlackBerry might be the be the ones who go next. That you you mentioned them because I mean Motorola, I think is still on top of things. But BlackBerry, like I said, unless they're unless they've really got a good hold of their niche market, they're really generating the money. I, well, I got nothing we'll otherwise. see how they come back. All right. Those well, are, we made our predictions here. Black yeah. Barrier or, or uh, uh, Motorola. So there yeah. we go. We'll, we'll so see. We'll see. We we'll see who's next. All right. Here's our next story. And our next story is, speaking of phones. Oh. <laughs> not really a phone, but it's a phone carrier. Oh, phone carrier. Recent okay. announcement. Okay. They, the T-Mobile wireless carrier. Launches long promised 5G home internet service. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Once again, okay. putting Sprint's mid band spectrum to work. Perfect. <laughs> After a long pilot period, T Mobile is making its 5G home internet service a reality today. The company made the announcement on their live stream, teased it as the next uncarrier move, and it says 30 million homes are now eligible for the service, mm. 10 million of which are in rural service. Ah. The cost. That's, 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 that's the always cost. the big one. It's always the big cost. one. The service costs sixty dollars per month or sixty-five dollars without auto pay, which is ten dollars more per month than when the pilot program was introduced. The service comes with no data caps, huh? hardware rental fees, or annual contracts, and customers self-install their own equipment. Oh, okay, that's interesting. T-Mobile says that T-Mobile says most customers will experience speeds of one hundred megabits per second. Uh-huh. Not eligible customers should see an average speed of 50 megabits per second, depending mm-hmm. on coverage in your area, and it will either use a 4G or 5G signal, whichever is faster. I would assume the 5G. I, but I think just, it will. Yeah. I think it will. I think that last part means whichever is available. Right. That that <laughs> actually would make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, not whichever is faster. 5G stuff out here in yeah, middle of nowhere. Whichever is available. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But there's an important caveat. Home internet customers are subject to data slowdown during times of network congestion, very common, which could be could be a serious deterrent for some customers who live in a dense areas like us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dense. What? T-Mobile yeah. talk. T-Mobile's talk of 5G home internet dates back. In 2019, when the company was making its case, you know, about their thing. So <laughs> that's good, Simon. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just talk about the, the backstory of why they started this. They wanted to get more, you know, cover more rural areas. Right, right. Yeah. So here's my beef with this. No, this ought to be good. <laughs> I don't know why no, I no, said lay it up, lay it on me. Yeah. $60 per month for speeds to up to. 100 megabits per second. That's less than what you would probably get here in California, at least. Okay. 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 I think it it may depend on on where you are and who you're competing against. Yeah. I mean, if you're like in Kansas, that might be like premium service versus like here in in California, you know, where that's like competitive against other other providers of of internet service. I'm not even sure this is even available in California, but no, for rural service. That's good if there's no other alternatives, but let's hypothetically speaking, like this is available here in California. Right. In our area, we are our primary internet provider, depending where we live, is either Spectrum, uh, AT&T. A- <laughs> they suck. Sorry. AT&T Fiber <laughs> or Verizon, if you live in one area that has coverage for Verizon Fiber. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. most of us here are Spectrum. Right. And... 
even with the recent price increase, yes, Spectra, we know about your price increase as I see in my bill. Mm. Jerks. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. at least at least the at least the 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 service works versus ATT where the service doesn't work and you will still wind up paying for that. And that's something with my wife and her business. I won't even get into that. Well, yeah. maybe I'll get into it later. But just yeah. anyways, go on. I, I I have nothing nice to say about ATT myself, but go on, please. Yeah. Well, all <laughs> broadband carriers are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, you'll love this one, but, but go on, go on. So it's with Spectrum, the, the lowest speed, I think it starts off in our areas, it, it's 200 megabits per second now. Probably, if, if it doesn't start at 100, it probably, it does go up to 200 for it's sure. 200. Tell, that much I could tell you for sure. It's, it's all, yeah, they, re, it was start, it started off as 100, but then they reset, upped it up to 200. So it okay. started off as 200. I, I've been upgrading my speed, so maybe they just made that to the default base. I had 100, then went up to 200, yeah. so that, that's why. So I think by default price now, I think it's about 79 or 74.99 a month. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. And if you go up the higher tier, which I have, it's the 400, it's about 94.99. Right. Just talking about it, it hurts my <laughs> it gives me palpitations. It's God's It hurts. Like, just talking about it. <laughs> My so, poor wallet. Oh. You know, I don't uh, poor yeah, poor wallet, poor friend, <laughs> poor whatever, you know, poor us. No, but mm-hmm. if you look at it from our perspective, sixty dollars for a hundred megs is not it's not a very compelling deal. And out here, out here it wouldn't be. Yeah, I suppose and out here most it says most users will experience at least 50 megabits right. now. So that's between 50 and 100. Right, based on congestion when yeah. you use it and all that, and I would imagine during the time of our pandemic and whatnot, that actually would be near impossible to hit. Mm-hmm. When people start going back to the office, maybe it'll it'll work out better. But again, it's it all depends and whatnot. Yeah. But so if this was available in California, maximum theoretical speed, one hundred megabits down. Right. Typically, everyone should get fifty. So depending on what area, if your T-Mobile coverage sucks, you're not even gonna get fifty. You're probably gonna get like one or one to ten at least. Yeah, yeah, that was actually something akin that was happening to to uh, my wife at her business. Uh, she had AT and T, and she was actually getting uh, seven megabytes download, half a megabyte upload. No joke. And she had been paying for this, and not really. She she wasn't really paying attention to it. But then she's like, "Why is it taking so long to upload all these tax forms to to the to Google or whatever?" I said, okay, hey, honey, why don't you run a trace route? You run the trace route with all these little stars everywhere. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you need to call tech support. And they said, okay, yeah, we can't fix this. You know, they, they you know, actually came out, replaced the modem, tried to figure it out. Yeah, we can't help it. And they're like, um, so, hey, you don't work for AT&T, right? No, good. Why don't you switch over to Charter and they'll help you out? So the tech was actually telling her to switch. It was so bad. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, so, it depends on area. So it Well, no, it, well, it does and it doesn't, but... In this case, for whatever reason, AT&T just absolutely in that area couldn't pull out anything faster. We're like, oh, well, we're going to charge you what you know what we were going to give you anyways. Because obviously the contracts, yeah, we give you speeds up to whatever they're going to charge you mm-hmm. up for. So it's on the language. So we said, screw that noise. Got charter, put it in the cable. Bam, it's it's you know lickety split fast. It's 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 great. It's operating the way it's supposed to. Yeah. So yeah, she she was really happy about that. But she's like at some promo rate for. I think it's like $60, $70 a month. It's going to go up to a little more money than that because it's a business, so they have to charge more money. It's, it's so dumb. Whatever. But yeah. yeah it's a so business. Char- they can charge more money. And then for personal people, personal, the, right. they're still they, charging they, more money. So well, they matter? assume that businesses just have money lying around. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, she's self-employed. She doesn't have that much money. So yeah. whatever. So what anyway. I'm saying <clears> is, you know, 
if you guys can get it, you know, if you had no other option, this is a good option. You know, but definitely check coverage, you know, congestion if it's in your area because, yeah. you know, don't get all crazy when it, when your phone or any other device has 5G. It depends what 5G you're using. Right. Okay. Because I've seen, I have used T-Mobile 5G before. And let me tell you, felt like 4G to me in my area. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. The speeds weren't any different. Mm. Right. Mm. So, so the short answer is do your homework. Do your Check homework before you do sign up for it. You know, I then I'm not just, I'm not like, no, talking nonsense about T Mobile, but I just feel like from my user experience, yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes they look, they overhype their network. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's exactly. what they're doing right now. They're, well, that's that's the nature of marketing, like we were yeah. talking about before. If you don't market your stuff, nobody knows, or you know, whatever. But you got to live up to the hype too, and that that's a big one. Also, yeah. that's a big one. Also, be careful with the hype, man. You know, yeah, you know that that includes every carrier, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every single carrier. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, all, all right, right, man. So the next story is yours. This all is right. the. One with Fortnite, oh, the endless fiasco. Oh my god. Okay, so uh you, you probably heard me bring it up on, on the uh the tech that doesn't bite newscast that I did a while back where Epic Games elected to sue Apple and uh um basically for um because of their 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 restrictive Apple stores uh um uh, rules and whatnot. Uh, as you may recall, uh, you know, Epic Games had to, had elected to sidestep the Apple Store uh, when you make an in-game purchase, which caused Apple to remove Fortnite from their store for violating their terms of service, which in turn caused Epic Games to file an antitrust lawsuit, which based on the timing and the immediacy of which it happened, uh, would suggest that they had actually planned to do this all along. It was like a big strategy that they had to, to pull this off. Now, uh, the short answer, on, on at least from the money side, is that Basically, you uh, you buy something. It goes through the Apple Store. Apple takes thirty percent of that purchase, and it's theirs. Uh, Google does the same thing, and 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 that's just that's just the way it operates. That's the business model in which it operates. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, so Epic decided, yeah, they weren't going to have any more of that, and that's why they elected to to file this antitrust lawsuit when they decided to break away and break the rules, and you know, basically try to you know. You know, cheat the other guy, pass the savings on to you, which you know works. I assume still works now. So, all right. So, coming May third, coming May third, Epic Games is going to have it finally have its day in court and force Apple to defend itself and its business model of taxing thirty percent, like I said, of every purchase made. And um, fact fact finding documents for both sides have been filed, totally near nearly six hundred and fifty pages. And I would have, and a review of these documents. Yeah, I, I know, right? Oh, yeah, I'll get paid to read that. Sure. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but a review of these documents, I guess, are going to raise a few questions about that'll be central to the trial here. So here are the questions that, that, that kind of come up about this. All right. Is the exclusive App Store a necessary part of iOS? Now, my kind of take on this, at least, and the way the article kind of goes on about it, is that this is more in the sense of like a legal monopoly monopoly of Windows, but the legal extension was to the secondary market of web browsers. So you may recall, you know, at least I recall, was that if you had Windows, you had to have Internet Explorer because if you tried to uninstall it, the the uh, um, the the operating system would break, which was a problem. And that invariably is what prompted uh, uh, them to get sued and so forth. 
And uh, so now, so, so, so the question sort of becomes then, you know, is the app store model fundamentally separate from the iOS, you know, so, or from iOS. So that'll be an interesting aspect that it's going to take on for a part of that. Now, the second question that comes up about this is how is the iPhone different from a PlayStation? Okay. So, you know, thank you, Captain Obvious for, for that question, but, um, th th but this tends, yeah, right. It's a phone. It's a phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. And one's a, uh... <laughs> gaming console <laughs> so <clears throat> so but but this question tends to deal more with the competition between developers and them making money for than the devices themselves so it's it's mm. sort of like uh you've got the app developers versus the uh the console developers whereas the the con the i guess it's like the app developers don't really make a whole lot of money from the store as i as i understand it because there's not that much competition with the developers, but they at least have the ability to be able to put their stuff in the Apple store and then sell it. Plenty of other platforms they could use, at least, you know, like, like Google or others, but like app developers, you know, aren't as competitive as the console developers, which is a long and slow process when you want to bring a game to, to PlayStation or to the Xbox or whatever. So that's, right. that's really more where it tends to deal with here. Um, I mean, Epic's arg argument themselves, quote, the constant competition between Xbox and PlayStation gives game developers leverage to extract more favorable terms. But iOS and Android don't compete for app developers in the same way, and the lower cost of mobile development mobile development means that competition happens on a vastly different terms. Which kind of makes sense when you really when you explain it that way. I'm like, oh, okay, that that makes some sense. So that that's kind of an interesting aspect to see what it's going to deal with. So it's not the devices; it's the developers that are actually at play here. Uh, the last question here, which I was kind of intrigued by, was how much control can Apple exert over its hardware? Now, depending on who you ask, either Apple created this this walled paradise and then locked the gates once you came inside, or it's a highly highly synergistic combination of hardware and software, making an amazing user experience that is a a, a true point of genius. You know, like I said, it does depend on who you ask there, but it also depends on how well it keeps the the system closed. But uh, but losing this case actually might place limits on what Apple can and can't do. So it'll be interesting to see how how you know some of those questions are going to get asked and really whether whether or not the store is seen as being monopolistic and how it operates. But it is a closed system, so it's pretty secure theoretically, and therefore it can charge what they want. But I think depending on the game, you could either play it on your iPhone, you could play on a console, you could play on your PC, like in, in Fortnite's case. But there are apps that are specific to Apple. Uh, and I just ran across one recently. I forgot the name of it. It was like a, uh, it was that it was an audio, it was an audio app called. Uh, oh shoot! I, I just like saw an article about it recently too, where somebody like I guess uh, somebody was going to buy it for like four billion dollars. No joke, four billion dollars, and uh, uh, it, it was kind of astonishing that somebody was going to pay that much for an app. Um, but it it but it was an it was an Apple only app, so that actually might be something that affects it very directly. Mm -hmm. In that whatever purchases are made within the app itself, if there are any, actually at the moment there aren't, but if there were any, that thirty percent of whatever is bought through there goes to Apple, and you can't do anything about that. Granted, there are other there are other there are supposedly there are other outside app vendors, but you don't go through them because they just don't have the place or the the uh the the uh the established foundation to be able to sell to uh, uh to be able to sell to apple users and so forth as i kind of understood the article so yeah <laughs> it's a lot it, it, it's a lot <laughs> it's a crazy 
it's a crazy trial. Yeah, no, it it should be interesting. It should be interesting. I, I, like I said, I've been kind of following this with 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 gr great interest here. So now I'm kind of intrigued to see where, uh, you know, whether Apple actually will get busted for being antitrust or being monopolistic. But like I said, it might just be, um, you know, that it, its monopoly is legal in the sense of that. Yeah, it's Apple, so they have to be in a manner of speaking. But when they extend it or use their power or flex, if you will, outside of that, that's when it becomes illegal and problematic. I think that that might be kind of the a crux of where they're going with this. So it'll be interesting to see where where that'll go if it actually goes in that direction. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and um, yeah, I know that Fortnite. You could. I believe they're developing, I don't know if it's available yet, but a workaround where you're not going to download the app on the app store. You're going to play it through your browser on iOS. Oh, okay. Using, I think either NVIDIA GeForce game now or so their own cloud service. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're basically okay, playing it that. through that. Okay. Okay. So I think that's in development or it might be out there, but you're basically just playing it on the web browser. Run on. Okay, I hadn't actually heard that. That's interesting. There's all right, no all right. Apple could block you from that because it's on the internet. That is true, and and I know that like uh, older Battlefield games were set up that way. So that'll be interesting to see how that how that's going to pan out. So yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be the way to go there. Yeah, so I just gotta see how performance is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, the fact that you could play if you could play a game like that on a web browser, jeez, <laughs> that'd be something. That'd yeah, be it, it'd be something. You wouldn't have to worry about having to log into your your iDevice or your any of your consoles. You just go run your PC or you know just play through a browser, which you know I would be able to do. So that'd be kind of fun. I like the idea. So like we'll idea. see how this story goes. I'm definitely, I'll definitely keep y'all posted for sure. No problem. Yeah, because he's the he's the gamer. Hoorah! Kind of. I don't know. Are you? A gamer? No, I'm a I'm a I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer. I play games. I do that sort of thing. Fortnite is even one of them. Although I'm ashamed to admit that I actually did update it like recently and I haven't played like in two, three weeks. It's really, really bad. I've been getting involved in some other game that my son showed me. So I won't even get into that part of it. It's ridiculous. So there's only so many hours in a day that I could do things. Gamer and, there, gamer here. Right, exactly. Either game with this, game yeah. with that. Yeah, whatever, whatever. All right. So the next story. My next story. Jeff yes. Talk about it. <laughs> and Jeff right. will be. Really gonna be on to the story. This was his story, so it is. Go ahead, Jeff. All right. Well, this this story is interesting. Now, I, this may not seem very tech related, but this has to do with Twitter and and uh, and basically freedom of speech, or however you might want to look at it. In, in a manner of speaking, we touched on this uh, before, like a while back. So the article from BBC mentions how Trump's tweets. Yes, that guy. Trump's tweets cannot be brought back to life on Twitter. So there is absolutely no way on God's green earth, if you will, that uh, be, that uh, that the tweets that Trump had during his presidency or probably his account overall are ever going to be seen on Twitter again. It says he was permanently banned from there. And uh, that's where so long and short of that part of it. Um, and so basically Twitter is like, okay, yeah, it's not going to show up either as an ever as an active account or any kind of archived format either, which if you would like to shut your, your Twitter down, or you close it or simply just not use it anymore, it can't go into an archive format where people can still see it, but it, but even Trump's account is not going to be there anymore. Now, at this point, the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, um, has not been able to figure out how or where his his tweets are going to live, where, where they're going to live, mainly for reasons of posterity and historical record keeping. He's a public figure, was, is, 
and um, and obviously because he was a part of this nation's presidency and so forth, and its national history, you know they have you know they're gonna have the Trump Library eventually, just like Nixon did and Carter and all these other people. Well, not Carter yet, but basically any president who was passed are gonna have libraries dedicated to him, and therefore at some point his tweets and everybody could become part of that public record. So it'll be interesting is where, where they're gonna get them, how they're gonna do that. Now, one possible option, which which Obama did, was that um, would be to get all the tweets that he posted during his presidency and put it onto his website. So that's actually an option uh, would be to put it there, which makes them very, very searchable in that regard, too. So if you actually want to do a lot of you know web browsing cross-references of his tweets and whatnot, you can find stuff about that. Now, I, I elected to do a little research about those. I was curious to like how much our you know former... Uh, 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 toddler president, whatever you want to call him. I know I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. Sorry, but I'll try to maintain that uh, down a little bit. A little research showed that the former president tweeted nearly 23,858 times or nearly 24,000 times during the course of his presidency, which is about 1,460 days. So you do the math, that is actually an average, and this is just an average of just over 16 tweets a day. And this includes tweets and retweets so what that means is that in a given day, if he is actually not typing something out himself, he's scrolling through, looking for something, and tweeting that out, which you know takes time to sit there and read through that. Which means he's not listening to presidential briefs, he's not paying attention to important you know security meetings, he's not doing his job. If you want to look at it that way, he's sitting there futzing around on his phone and tweeting away whatever he's tweeting. So if you want to think of it that way. I mean, if, if any of you like, you know, get on your kids about tweeting or social media in general and not doing their homework, that's about what the equivalent is. And somebody actually like did like this big info chart. It actually was like a color chart. It showed like, okay, if he only does like, you know, 10 to 15, it just shows one color. And as there are more, the, the color darkens and whatnot. And you can just see this trend where starting in like 2016 or 17, excuse me, all the way through 20 uh, to 2020, it basically just goes from light to dark. Because he sees that for 2019 and 2020, the retweeting just gives him so much to tweet about that he's literally tweeting like it's insane average of like 30 to 45 a day. It, it is insane as to how much this guy was was retweeting. And so yeah, so that's uh, that's the, the the big tech news with Twitter is that they're never going to bring back Trump's account. Yay! So <laughs> so that's the big news I've got about Twitter. Yeah. So he covered that. That's good. Yes, I and did. <laughs> yes, Super Tab, we are live. Yay. So if you were watching, thank you. Yeah, we are live. We are live. We are indeed live. Man. There, so that's moose. all the current tech news that we have. And oh boy, man, that was uh that was a handful. Yes, it was. <laughs> that's a handful. So I think we managed it pretty well. Yeah, I think we I think we did for our first live broadcast. And everyone, you can always rewatch this at any time once we end the live broadcast. And you can also listen to this as well. We're gonna upload the audio to our podcasting service. And again, you can download it to anywhere that you like. And if you have recommendations, stories you want us to cover, please feel free to leave a comment in the in the Comment area. <laughs> That's what they What's call it called it. again? Comment it, area. <laughs> it is the comment area. Be sure Post to like and there. subscribe and all that good stuff. Like and subscribe. You know, also subscribe if you're listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go to our website, tech that doesn't bite, bite.com. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You can send us a message. Yep. You can learn more about yeah. us. We've got uh, our bycast link there. We have a uh, blog post that are up there. Uh, links to our YouTube channel so you can learn about all sorts of other stuff we've teched for, mm-hmm. answer questions about. Uh, so by all means, definitely uh, subscribe and like to us. Uh, and uh, we have our own individual accounts too. So you can like and subscribe to us too as well. Yeah, absolutely. But until next time, we're going to see everyone again in our next Bycast Live edition. Hey! Everyone, take care of yourself. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.